right on motherfucking right. It's a Chad show, the only show in the entire world that glorifies Chads. We pay tribute to every Chad out there. If you're a Chad and you're listening, what up? I got my honorary Chad and my Don Juan of single moms, Derek Dodd, sitting straight across from me. The Deer Whisperer. What's up, D-Rock? What's going on, my brother? Not a whole lot. Pop, Little Papa Squirt in the house, dude. That's right, dude. Little in the Papa previous squirt. episode. And uh, speaking, squirt, of, squirt. speaking of popping a squirt, <laughs> no, I'm talking to, I got my homie, dude. I'm so fucking stoked right now. I got A-Loose or B-Loose, uh, Brandon Loose, whatever you want to call him. He's in the house, dude. I've been trying to get him down here to Columbus for quite some time. And finally, we had to make it a work trip, but here we are. What up, homie? What up? Dude. So, uh, me and Brandon been talking uh, recently about making a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Or f- really for about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. We even uh, Brandon even went as far as to get a mask created and drop some bank on it, you know? So, like a horror movie. Like a horror oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. A damn horror movie. One of them horror movies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we've been talking about this movie. Well, today he pitched this idea to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was brilliant, but... The way he wants to shoot it is different than the way I see it. So I want him to kind of give you a pitch. Then let's pretend we're in the shark tank right now, all right? Okay. And I'm one of the sharks. You're one of the sharks, okay. dude. And we're about to pitch you this movie. And you're about to invest a million dollars, but you got to pick one. Which one you think would be better received? And let's even get into detail. Let's even kind of like say who you would like to see in a role. So just so I'm so I'm clear, Brandon's got an idea. You got an idea. Same. No, Brandon, got- Brandon had an idea. Yes, yeah. this, this is all Brandon. No, so, but Brandon's but got a way of doing it. He Bra- wants to okay. do it as a drama, as where I want to do it as a comedy. Ah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. But it's Brandon's idea. All right. All right, I'm just going to do what I like to do is I like to take take ideas and give it some wings and nurse it for a couple weeks on my nips. Like a baby then, deer. Yeah, yeah, like a baby deer. Yeah, I know. All right, so here's that. Brandon's pitch. All right. All right. All right, so basically what I'm thinking is a drama. I, I want to shoot, you know, I shoot cinematography or cinematic type of, you know, videos. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of a drama for this concept. And I, I originally came up with this concept when I was on the road and we tour a lot, me and Chad. We, You know, we worked together and, you know, I, I was just sitting in a hotel room one time and I was like, man, this would be a crazy concept. So I don't have the uh, name of the movie yet, but... It's a drama. That's, okay. that's how I'm pitching it. So basically, the movie would start out, and um, it's about this guy who's on the road. He travels a lot, whether he's a salesman or uh, something to that nature where he's constantly on the road. But basically, he he's in a small town, and he uh, pulls over to a little beater hotel and uh, gets a room for the night. And you're going to love this part coming out. And and so basically, you know, he's shutting it down for the night and uh, he decides to pull up some porn. And oh, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So he pulls up some porn and he goes ahead and jerks it off into a little hand towel. Mm -hmm. Right. Takes that little hand towel. Yeah. It takes the little hand towel and throws it behind the little dresser when he's done with it. Wakes up in the morning, gets a call. Heads on out. It turns out that there is a murder that goes on in that hotel, (laughs) right? And so this salesman gets caught up in this whirlwind of a murder because his DNA is left on the scene in the little spooge rag. Okay. So detectives find it. They find the body. And it turns out that, you know, at the front desk, you know, it's it's one of those little 
shit rag motel so they don't even have accounting or anything so they end up getting his information switched with the actual murderer's information and they he can't prove that he didn't kill this woman because his dna's left on on scene so, so the, the cum, whole, so the cum rag never got cleaned up in between or they no, just didn't clean no, it there up. is okay. no there is no cleaning okay. service you I know it's you. one of those small towns so it, it's pretty much about this good you know, wholesome guy that gets caught up in this whirlwind of a murder all because he jerked off into a hand towel. And that's pretty much all right, okay. was the concept. So I'm good, really, I'm a, really excited good, to tell you my concept. spin on it. So first right. off, I'm directing this, right? So I'm going to have the guy that played Kenny Powers play the main character, all right? <laughs> Kenny Powers, what's that guy's name? Uh, Danny, Danny McBride. Yeah, okay, so he's playing the main character. It's this, the movie starts off, right? He's driving down the road arguing with his wife, Gets frustrated, throws his phone, and then he leans down to get it, you know, fucking goes off the road, hits something, you know. It, we, we paint this picture of this, like, guy that just has the worst fucking luck in the world, right? His wife is just ruining his life. What the hell is that sound? I think it must be a loud, super loud ass uh, truck Like outside. a sonic boom? <laughs> Dude, that shit was loud as fuck. Okay. So, uh... His, uh, everything's going wrong in his life. So he pulls over. His car's wrecked by this shitty motel. So he gets room for the night. And he's like, but he looks in the drawer and there's an old Playboy. I'm talking about like the straight mustache, Tom Selleck mm-hmm. shit, you know, old school. Wait, are you talking about Playgirl, dude? Is that what you've been watching? Uh, <laughs> looking at, dude? Man, well, I'm talking about mustaches, dude, right. hairy chest, well, big ass dicks, man. <laughs> well, that's because that's the only kind of magazines you have at your house when I stay over the night. So. <laughs> Why are you saying I'm staying the night at my house? I ain't never invited you over there. Well, damn, he got me on that one. So anyway, I want to go that straight 80s look. The girls with the huge bangs, all that stuff. So he sits there and he's like begrudgingly beaten off into a sock, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a slapstick comedy. So he throws the sock. The murder happens. Then he's door-to-door selling uh, vacuums, you yeah. know, fucking shitty-ass job. And then all of a sudden the cops surround the house. They arrest him. And then... So then it takes him, he's in the interrogation room, right? And then you have this other guy that's played by, say, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys as one of the sheriffs. Just dumbass sheriff walks in. He has a, the only other thing linked to the room is this drinking straw, right? So he lays on the table to ask him questions about it, goes out. Then they bring up a Sprite for him, and he grabs the straw and puts it in and drinks on the straw. So now he's got the cum rag that links him to the thing, <laughs> and he's got the straw. So his like life is just falling the fuck apart real okay. fucking fast, dude. Right. And then, uh, but yeah, so I wanted to throw it like that comedic spin on it and make it a comedy where it's just like worst case scenario, uh, like a throwback to some Mighty Python shit, you know? And uh, what do you think? I mean, I think either one works. Uh, typically, that's that would be like a comedic sort of plot line because yeah. it's like a comedy of errors. That's more along the lines of what it would be. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind seeing a fucking dramatic twist on that where somebody's life like really gets into turmoil All because, because he of was it. Jerking All because he was jerking off. Now the, the that's something that's relatable. That now had, the that big the, the big plot hole is I don't know about oh, y'all. Plot hole. Yeah, the big plot hole is I don't know about y'all, man. But I jerked off in plenty of fucking twenty dollar a night hotel rooms, dude. <laughs> And just I, just jerk, I just jerk off on the floor, dude. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't know nothing dude, about this cum like, rag. That's shit. like the saddest <laughs> shit. Think about, world, think about how many people have used those towels. Oh, dude. yes. Yeah, dude. dude, there's no dude. way dude. they clean those good. Yeah, enough. I ain't about to wash my foot. Or I ain't about to put my bare dick and balls on that towel, dude. <laughs> what about a nice hotel? A nice hotel? What's the uh, nicest hotel you ever stayed in? 
Oh, shit. Nicest hotel I ever stayed in is probably that fucking hotel up in Nashville that you guys got us that one time. That's probably about the nicest hotel. That was hotel. pretty fucking that ballin'. That was a nice-ass hotel, dude. Shout out to the, Patty. The, Thank the, you so much. The Omni, I think it was. Dude, oh, that place, yeah. That's, dude, it's a hey, nice hotel. Well, now that we're talking about this, let's talk about another story about that same weekend. So, like, we started staying at the Omni. They put us up in the nicest room up there. It was super fucking rad. We both had our own room. But we didn't want to pay the daily parking fee. It was like 50 bucks. So after, like, three days, I'm like, call you i think yeah. it was like dude can you downgrade this to like something cheaper you know we're gonna have free parking and some breakfast so we end up going to this hotel it's like three in the morning and me and Derek are standing outside and we look off in the distance and i'm snapchatting it's like dude what is that and it's like Ooh. and dude it was a fucking tornado yeah, it, was the oh, Na- it was the nashville we tornado, were a dude. mile and a half away from this tornado dude that was devastating yeah bro. it was i mean it was a fucking real deal tornado it knocked the power out to the hotel we and were we staying were standing there smoking yeah. the whole time and then finally we just just went up. I remember us going up the stairs though, because we were worried about the elevators. Yeah. But dude, that was fucking scary. Dude. It was and intense. And your sure. video made the news, right? It yeah. made the news. It got yeah. picked up on Snapchat, and uh, the next day it had like forty thousand views. I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was wild, dude. Crazy fucking time. Speaking of crazy times, okay. I mean, Brandon have been into a, a bunch of crazy shit. Oh, no, I don't doubt that, dude. Yes, we have. I mean, our whole though. Ever since the first day I met you was very chaotic. It was since day been, one. It's been, uh, what does that say? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, it's usually pretty chaotic around Chad, I would say. Like, yeah, dude, we've had some crazy shit happen. One recently that I want to touch down on because it's it's such an insane story that one day my kids can listen back on this and hear about it. So, Brandon surprised me one day and was like, dude, I'm buying you a motorcycle. And I was like, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy you a Harley. I was like, Dude, are you fucking serious, bro? Real, bro. <laughs> so we're on the way to get the Harley, and then and uh, Brandon's like, "Yo, dog, you mind if I swing in this? Was it Jack in the Jack box? Jack in the box. Yeah, and get yeah, a burger. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah, get you, dude. I ain't gonna complain. You buy me a damn Harley. <laughs> get you a lobster, bro. We'll sit there and I'll help you crack it open and everything, dude. <laughs> so uh, we're just sitting there fucking talking. Brandon's got his window down, and we're just he's eating. We're kind of just killing some time, and all of a sudden there's like screeching of tires, and it was like it happened in slow motion. I, I look up. And I'm looking at the direction this car's coming. And at this point, I don't know what the fuck's going on. This car's spinning. Hits the embankment, and I see a stop sign start uh, going in the air. It's like, whoo, 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 coming towards his car, and it lands like feet in front of his car. So y'all were sitting in the car. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and my, okay. dude, my butthole was puckered up, dude. You couldn't <laughs> get a damn toothpick of that bitch with a sledgehammer, dude. It was, fucking it was crazy. Sight, son. And I couldn't, dude, I couldn't, I had a loss of words. I was terrified. Okay, so we're still taking that in. As that happens, another car is doing a pill and U-turn, I guess the car yeah. that hit it, on the other side of the road. And then we're like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, a gang of dudes get out with pistols, bro. Yeah. And start fucking running. And one's up. holding his neck. One's holding his neck, bleeding from his fucking neck, bro. Jesus, man. So we're 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 standing over there, and I'm like, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. And Brandon's like, nah, dude, dude, I don't want him to start shooting at us. Stay in the car, dude. The, one of the kids runs and falls into the bushes. And at this point, there's probably like 30 people outside. I'd say 30 people. No one's helping this kid. Everybody's got phones at, out filming. And people are yelling for people to help, but no one to help. And yeah. so I'm like... It's like one of those times again, dude. I always find myself doing like this kind of shit. And I don't know what it is. I can't help it, man. I just have to be a hero, man. It's I just not, don't. dude. It's, it's not. I don't. It's not that. It's just something inside of me. I really. Yeah, do you gotta have, go. You a call to action. You I have go, a yeah. good heart, yeah. and I don't want to see anybody in pain. So, I jump down. I got a shirt, and I put it to this guy's like neck, and I'm sitting there and just kind of talking to him and trying to keep him. And dude, he was fading. I thought he was dead, bro. And uh, 
Then we left there, and as we're leaving, I'm almost thinking to myself, I don't know if I told Brandon this, I was like, dude, I don't even want a motorcycle. I just want to go back home. Dude, because it fucking terrified me, bro. That's a fucking super intense situation right there, man. Super fucking crazy, dude. Dude, we've we've been in the woods, bro, having people try to kill us at a concert. Dude, we've we've and how, we've known each other now. I guess it's been it seems like four years. Uh, I think like two or three. Damn, actually. it seems like. Do we? That's the crazy thing. Like it's fun because I have my friends down here, but when I go up in Tennessee, really, Brandon and Ryan, that's and my wife. Yeah, that's like our only friend circle. Yeah. So it's like I had this whole life, but me and him have had these like experiences of a lifetime that I haven't had. And me and you've been on the road and all kind of crazy shit, but dude is fucking nuts. So one thing I want to talk about, and I kind of want to just interview Brandon, you know, because there's things about Brandon I don't know. So um, I want to start like, so how did you get into filming? So for those that don't know, Brandon is the videographer for Ryan Upchurch. He really changed things for Ryan visually and really I mean, dude, it, everything started to happen at that point. Yeah. It's like people start taking you seriously when you start pushing out this better content. Yeah. And that's what Brandon did. But it obviously didn't start there. So where did it start? Yeah. So I was filming, or I'm, I'm from Houston, Texas. I was originally born in Laredo, Texas, which is like on the border town of Mexico. But uh, when I was young, about two or three, we moved to Houston. And um, pretty much Houston is a very big metropolitan city, very, very diverse. And I grew up in A-Leaf, uh, which is a small part of Houston, or on the west side of Houston, Texas. And um, pretty much just very influenced by hip hop. And um, I started to get into rap myself. So I wanted to be a rapper when I grew up, and that's what I wanted to do. And Around that time, I was rapping with a buddy of mine for, I think, three or four years at that time. We had put mixtapes out and all types of stuff, and and it just wasn't going anywhere. And I knew that we needed some music videos. That was like the next step. We had put out mixtapes. We had gotten on iTunes. We were doing shows, but we just needed that next level. And this was way before music videos was like a thing you could actually do. You know, it was major labels putting out music videos. Yeah, big expensive shit. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just go out and do one yourself unless it was a little home video. But you could clearly tell the difference. Mm -hmm. But um, I picked up a camera and I shot uh, a music video for uh, uh, me and my buddy. And, um, yeah, I shot a music video for me and my buddy. And I just kind of got hooked into it. And then... Uh, another mutual friend of ours saw that music video that I shot and he was like, hey, can you shoot one for me? You know, uh, I'll give you $300 to shoot. And I was like, shit, $300. (laughs) I mean, I was working at a fish store at the time selling exotic fish and shit. And so $300, that was like two weeks worth of work. So I was like, hell yeah, I can get used to this. (laughs) So I shot his music video and then I just started pumping them out, pumping them out, started getting... Uh, you know, my name out there more. And and I think it was just due to my willingness to learn and my turnaround time. I was shooting videos in a day and turnaround time was probably the next day or the following day. So nobody in the city was really doing that and doing it at the consistency I was. I was doing probably 30 to 50 music videos a year for about three years straight, you know what I mean? Working with everybody in the city. Yeah, fucking super busy. Yeah, Yeah. until my name got big, and then I started working with some of the bigger artists in Houston, like Paul Wall and Scarface and some of these bigger guys. And I work with Kevin Gates as well. And, and 
yeah, just started getting my name out there. And then, you know, I found my way into country rap. It's kind of. <laughs> And here he is, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making some damn masterpieces. I think my favorite video that you've done, there's a couple. Ghost was really, dude, I felt like that changed the country rap genre. Yeah. That's the one that sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so like, I mean, not only from like the 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 outfit that he was wearing to like those those long tracking shots, like yeah. from below and stuff like that. Yeah, those that was, were beautiful. I dude. mean, that's not shit that you see like in many music videos, you know? I mean, it was just really well done and yeah. kind of, like, and I, surprising. And I've always been drawn to that more cinematic style of filming. It's just always been something where I'm like, that is professional. If you mm -hmm. can look at anything, that's professional, and this is not. You yeah. know, shaky camera work and, you know, stuff like that. You can just clearly tell colors and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But I knew, I knew when I first saw... Ryan's, uh, I think it was Hillbilly music video or Come and Get It, one of those videos. I think it was Hillbilly. And I knew he had potential to be what he is today. He just didn't have the look or he didn't have that, that image where mainstream hip-hop would take him serious. And I knew that I could bridge that gap together and just bring that flavor that I was doing out in Houston, bring it to the country and just turn up. And that's exactly what we did. No fucking doubt, yeah, son. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome story, dude. I had no idea. I didn't know that you did so much work before, um, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. before coming to Nashville and starting to work with. Yeah, I, I, it was just primarily hip-hop videos. And, you know, the way you really get big in hip-hop is to, you know, market yourself off of something that's already worked because you know, it's kind of like the blueprint. Mm -hmm. And I just got kind of bored with all the videos. Everybody wanted the girls and the cars and the mansions. And these weren't things that these people were obtaining. They just knew if I stood in front of this and had this woman here and, and this would be the look that would wow. sell. And it just kind of got so repetitive and nobody was doing anything different. So, you know, going to the country music was just a breath of fresh air, you know. Well, not only that, but it's, I mean, even probably around the time when you started uh, making the country rap videos, um, it was, there was already like a blueprint forming and it was, you know, big trucks in a mud hole yep. and like chicks in bikinis and stuff like that. Yep. And I got my big truck yeah. and my, my light beer. My light beer. For I sure. got a girl in a bikini yeah, and over here. And when I did my research on what country rap was, that's exactly what I saw. Mm -hmm. You know, guys standing in a field or walking together in a field. And, and I was just like, man, this is, there's so much potential here, but they just haven't tapped into it yet. And I knew that, you know, when after the ghost video, we got a lot of negative feedback from it. Uh, just because people weren't used to, you know, what they just saw, especially like you mentioned, the outfits and stuff like that. But I knew he was willing to take risk. And if he was willing to just go out on the limb and do anything, then this could work. And it dude, that shit turned out bad. I thought he looked slick as fuck, dude. Oh, yeah, no, it looked great. The dude. whole video was fucking rad. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's uh, it's got like a southern gothic vibe, man, almost like, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, the same aesthetic of like... Um, that first season of True Detective, like a lot of that was was it felt like kind of yeah. the same to me, which was yeah. like so much different than anything else that anybody yeah. in the country, well, shit, anybody really anywhere was doing. I yeah. mean that you know that's like a wholly unique vision for a uh, for a video, and it did exactly what I wanted it to do. And the number one comment that people were making is, "Oh, he signed now. Oh, he signed to a label. Look at the quality. It just it changed. So now he's got people behind him." 
And that's what we were aiming for. I wanted people to now take him serious and now look at him in a different light, not just his core following, but the whole world needed to see what was going on in this small town. Oh, and you know that got Nashville talking, so Oh, no doubt. He was a real threat at that mm-hmm. point, dude. Yeah, Still is. Sure. So what about the future for, for B-Loose, A-Loose Visions? What do, what do you want to see in the future in the next couple of years? I mean, I, from day one, I mean, I did music videos because I wanted to do a full feature film. And I've always been inspired by horror movies, and that's one of the biggest genres, sci-fi, you know, aliens and Predator and stuff like that is what me and my brother grew up on, Child's Play, that kind of stuff. So before, you know, the next few years, i got to knock out a horror movie. But I'm also big into drama movies, too. I, I pitched you a, a, a drama that I wanted oh, to do as well. Oh, incredible, dude. And I, I just very, Ugh. very drawn to that kind of style, like, chick flicks and romance because I I can really showcase my cinematography more. Dude, if you think old Yeller made you cry, bro, wait till Brandon <laughs> drops that drama, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ending, too. Oh, man, I almost started crying in the car when he told me about it, dude. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So do you, are you, are, is your plan to, like, uh, to, to write, direct, uh, be in charge of the cinematography, basically, like, kind of helm the entire project? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, tackle every area because I know I'm not skillful in area, every area and I know that allowing other people to take on roles where they're more strong will benefit the picture in the long run. I, I kind of want to just come with concepts, find a writer to really develop it, find a producer to come produce it and if I can do cinematography on it I would love to but even if it's a if it's something that could be bigger than me, I would love to step back and at least be on set to learn how to do a bigger feature film than something that I could produce. But I'm very confident that I can get it done. Yeah, myself. I know you can. I know yeah. you will. Well, lots and, of music uh, video directors have, have made that transition, like sure. uh, Jonas Ackerlund and... Yep. Uh, uh, of course, Michael Bay, and yep. I mean, shit. There's you know, there's a ton of them. And, Travis Z. Yeah, Travis Z. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it 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 goes it goes hand in hand, you know, because I think a lot of the visionary directors start off in music videos, and then you know, there's a whole bunch of fucking you know nonsense out there too, man. There's you know, paint by numbers music videos, and there's paint by numbers movies and stuff like that. But the people who really like have a vision, and I think that you know, judging from your catalog of work you have a vision that's like completely different from everybody else's i mean i don't see any reason why you can't make that transition no for sure i think i can and i and i was super proud this year we got to drop or last year 2020 we got to drop the holler boy documentary oh, that thing i was never thought awesome. yeah i never thought i would be doing documentary work and after doing that project i could definitely see myself you know tackling that a few more times dude though my only complaint about the uh my only complaint about the Holler Boy documentary is how fucking fat I look, dude. I look like, damn, Derek damn, took out the brother. whole recording <laughs> recording process. My bad, dog. The only uh, thing I had to do, I look fat as hell in the documentary, dude. I was large and in charge, nah, dude. Nah, dog. Damn. That camera, that camera's too good, dog. Make it, <laughs> make it look true to life, son. The camera adds about 130 pounds. Yeah, right? it does. Yeah, right on the back of my damn neck, dude. Look, I had a pack of hot dogs just chilling back there, dude. Damn, son. Hey, what about your rap? Uh, your rap. So, what was your rap name when you were rapping? Be loose. Oh, was it be loose? Yeah, you can find me at. Oh, loose. dude, I gotta find that, yeah, dude. Old, I want to see old stuff. Are Are you? Uh, so, what's the attire for the thing? What do you, you did you still dress the same back then? 
Are you wearing like a rocking like some oversized shirt? Yeah, like, of course. You yeah. rocking the no, old school? Yeah, so it's like the old ghetto. school hip hop look. Yeah, I was long. Tees. Did you have the big hat just like chilling to the no, side just, on top of the head? No, just my backwards. Backwards hat. Yeah. Oh, dude, I gotta go find that. Was that on YouTube? Uh, maybe old stuff. Like uh, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah, about to get a thousand views on this old video. He's about to get <laughs> get that royalty check now, dude. Oh, shit. Have you ever thought about doing it again? No, never. No, never. Because ultimately, you know, I think. What I found in filming was what I was searching for in, you know, music. So I think it's, we always got to ask ourselves, what is it, what is the feeling we're trying to harness? And maybe we're just searching for it in the wrong place. You know what I mean? I think my, and where I found myself now, I think I told myself the number one thing that I wanted to be was I loved how I would see an artist walk into a room and everybody would all eyes on this artist. Yeah. But then someone else would come into the room and that artist would look to that person. Yeah. In awe. And then people are like, what's up with that? Yeah, exactly. Who's that, Who's that so, guy? So I always, the feeling that I always wanted to be was I always wanted to be looked up by the people that you looked up to the most. Yeah. And that's the goal. And I, I kind yeah. of found myself in that position now where people are looking up to this amazing artist that we both work for. Yeah. And I found myself being able to be respected amongst, you know, those people. And, you know, I love dude, that. Not to mention, bro, we've done some cool ass shit, dude. Oh, for sure. Dude, just the recent trip to LA. And yeah, like, I don't know about you, but dude, when, when we all split up at the end of the day and we're back in our rooms alone, I'm sitting there just thinking my mind's running wild. And I'm just like almost in tears, man. Cause I was like, dude, we're on fucking no jumper dog. We're at like, they have to recognize Ryan. They had to fucking give him credit, bro. Like, he's doing it, dude, and without help from anybody, dude. Well, help from you guys. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that's you it. Know, it's like a, being part of that yeah. team has got to be like so fulfilling, you know? Bro, like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, it, you know, the stress I was under a couple years ago, man. We talked a lot. Oh, yeah, you know, no doubt, dude. The, dealing with all the artists, bro. I wish I would have just been doing this all along. Yeah. Oh, you're so much my, happier now. Dude, dude, my stress levels went down. Like, we really get treated by, like, family, dude. It's a family, like, his family. And you know, do we all, we have, I, I enjoy going on the road. I know we're going to work our ass off, but, dude, it's, it's so fulfilling at the end of the night when you're standing there and you see all the smiling faces as they leave the building, you know? You're just and, like, dude, that was all fucking worth it. And I definitely take pride in knowing that, you know, the things that we're able to accomplish with just four people is what, you know, other teams have 50 yeah. to 70 people running their camps. You know what I mean? And we do it all, just the four of us. So it's pretty crazy. And, and we're, and we're, dude, that's it. It works. That's it. it. Yeah. It's literally, it's literally fucking me, Brandon, Ryan, Patricia, Chelsea, Bobby, Bobby, that's it. Colton, you know, I mean, it's a yeah. small team, bro. And Very like, dude, there's not a moment of the day, it's a rare time where I'm not having to hit a, a end a call because I have, I'm always on the fucking phone. Which, dude, I love it. I got fucking, what, a, a hundred missed text messages? No, a hundred missed calls, 699 missed text messages. Yep. Dude, I'm dude, I'm glad to be working, baby. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. COVID step on over, baby. We're here to stay, <laughs> son. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, definitely, you know, more documentary work would be, you know, I think we can do at least another two chapters and a For biopic sure. of Ryan. You know what I mean? Definitely the full feature film. And who knows what else? You know, oh, I'm definitely putting out a book this year. So yeah. 2021, I want to author a book with Ryan. That's something. That That's awesome. Do. Can you touch down a little bit or you yeah, won't be so, surprised? No, no, no. So pretty much 
I've been taking out the old school Polaroid on the road with us, and it's pretty much just going to be uh, uh, a picture book with, you know, little captions at the bottom, stories that go along with the pictures, and just so people can see stuff that go on behind the scenes and just kind of get that, you know, glimpse of the tour life yeah. off the road, but in a picture and book kind of form. I always like people's idea of what a green room, green room's like <laughs> and to what it really is because you get, especially you got girlfriends and shit, everybody assumes like in the green room it's just like a bunch of chicks, like people just doing lots of drugs and in reality it's just some dudes eating some Subway sandwiches, dude, making fart jokes and well, no, smoking every, weed. No, that's for sure. I think everyone's real or, you know, image of going on tour and being on a tour bus is all uh -huh. this but we've been very fortunate that our team is not drinkers and druggers and that. you know they don't destroy hotel rooms and i mean i can only imagine having to manage a band like that like yeah. motley crew bro yeah, imagine yeah. being their manager dude oh, dude they i mean they had to have like put those fucking put the professional the executive guys through so much fucking hell back in the day man and dude they must have been making some bank to put up with that shit though. oh dude well shit man All i bet their manager are making a meal a month off that shit oh dude way more than that mm. <laughs> way more than that sure. yeah dude they were i mean you talking tens of millions of dollars you know well how is it crazy because this is super crazy for me sometimes because i can look back five or six years when i literally had nothing i fucking had nothing dude and to think where we are now no it's absolutely crazy i never thought that i would be doing this and being where i'm at today and traveling so many places and seeing all these people but it's exactly what i've always wanted to do and i think i was made to travel you know what i mean and made to manage this group and this team so it's wild and i and I, there's so much more that we can accomplish it's wild dude brandon uh collects like uh uh glass uh bongs not bongs but glass pieces yeah glass art that, that's the the correct way to say it, glass art yeah. and he's got like a studio and is downstairs like all these pieces displayed and display the display cabinets alone like 700 bucks so mm -hmm. um what that's like uh dude tell us a little bit about your glass pieces first off can we talk about a price tag if you had to put a price tag on all your pieces combined i mean all the glass together would probably be in the collection i got now maybe a hundred thousand dollars $100,000 worth of glass pieces, yeah. bro. But I collect a, a, a glass artist by the name of Salt Glass, and uh, he's been doing it for about 20 years now, and just in the last five years, it's just been so phenomenal. And he's he's very influential when it comes to glass art and, you know, that kind of scene that goes on with that. But, yeah, I'm just fascinated with art and glass, and I think just having them displayed in, like, their museum kind of, feel it just gives it that it gives people more of a feeling than just treating it like it's a bong or treating it like it's something that you smoke out of so yeah i just dude and they come they come in these heavy duty cases bro they're like hard plastic with like oh, yeah. foam cut out like this is some legit shit oh no doubt man i mean well any kind of art especially by any respected artist man can be viewed as a as a an investment you know yeah. i mean you know it's not only that's a that's one reason why a lot of people collect art, you know, for the investment value and for the uh, to be a part of a, a different community of people. Exactly. You know, there's connections and shit like that that can be made with an entirely different group of individuals just by being a part of that. You know, so I get it. I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about glass art, but you yeah. Know. <laughs> I just see it as like something to smoke some weed, uh, yeah. some some CBD legal in all fifty states. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I always just been into glass. Like uh, ever since I was young, it's just I've been I, music was it everything. 
reptiles was always huge in my life. Oh, he collects a lot of reptiles. Yeah. He's got some expensive exotic snakes. Yeah, jewelry cool. and glass is just my four things. Oh, his do. jewelry dude is straight blinging, son. You <laughs> have to wear some sunglasses when you talk to him. Got, that, got that wet drip. Right? Yeah. Ants are getting fried on the ground and shit, yeah. dude, running for their life. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of crazy shit. He got some magnifying glass. Yeah. Shit, dude. dude, I didn't really, I've never been like a real big jewelry guy until I started hanging with these guys now. I'm like, dude, I got to give me a damn chain. I'm looking like a damn <laughs> jump over here with my dog tag chain yeah. on. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't really, you, I can see, I can see you rocking like a big old fucking, like, oh, I'm going like to, like, gaudy ass fucking. I'm going to get a big know? ass Creek Squad on. Yeah. I'm going to make mine twice as big as Brandon's. <laughs> <Hell dude>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, yeah. Just go fucking balls to the wall. I'm going to have to get one so big, dude, that I have to borrow your camera harness to carry it around, there dude. You <laughs> Bro, if you want to be a real fucking baller, dude, just get a, just get your face done, dude. Dude, that'd be, that'd I mean, that's sick, like the balling and shit in the world right there, dude. Just an image of my face. Just an image of chain. Your face, in a chain, like all diamonds and shit. Bro, yeah. you need to get a little Papa Squirt chain. That's a Derek. Derek's rap name. Bob so, Der dude, Derek literally told me like a couple weeks ago, we we're in this room. He's like, dude, I'm doing a rap album. And I was like, for real? And then he tried to explain to me it's a rap album that's an anti-rap album. <laughs> it's not anti-rap because obviously you can't do it. It's, it's meta. It's meta. That's what it is. It's basically like rap because I don't understand a lot of rap. I don't understand especially modern rap. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell the listener gets out of it because number one, the lyrical, and I'm not talking about like people like Ryan and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Their content has depth. Substance. It has substance. Yeah. But like new shit. But I said it ever died. Yeah. You, yeah. Number, no, no, dude, I saw a, a, a Drake video the other day with somebody that he did a video with. Mm -hmm. This shit had 1.4 billion views on YouTube. And uh, the it, it was basically just two different songs that they put together, and it was called like ha, like the life or having living the life or some shit like I can't even remember what the fuck it was, mm. but so you had Drake's verses, which were just lame. I love Drake. It, 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 that shit that he did was just lame, mm. and then it, and then it just stopped. They did some like sort of you know video transition, and then it went to this other dude. It literally was like I don't know whether who I don't know whether they. Woo. Dude, dude. <laughs> hey, dude, that's a hit. I'll listen to that. <laughs> really, and that, that's really like le legitimately. I had no idea what the dude was saying. There, there couldn't have been any substance to any no, of that. You know no. what I mean? It, I, the new stuff is just the vibe and the feeling. Yeah, and, and the music, yeah. the bass, and so yeah. essentially, like if I make a fucking if I make a rap, it's gonna be like, it's gonna just be me talking about how I don't understand what anything <laughs> about. It's gonna be a rap to understand, but it, but it's gonna be like tongue in cheek as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like kind of exploring like how you got to have a gimmick and an image and all of that shit. And then just like taking it over the top with that gimmick and that image. And then like doing an expo. It's not going to be an album. Mm. Probably just a song. There you so, go. You know, yeah. There you yeah. Go. I ain't doing like a fucking like whole album, you know, <laughs> just a song. And it's Papa, P-A-P-A, -A, Lil I mean, Papa I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a fucking rock and metal dude, you know, yeah. but I want to try my hand at that just to see. Yeah, dude, uh, dude more power to you. Is it, anything's better than the country crew shit we did. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you about this. Uh -uh. When I first moved oh, to Nashville, ain't never, ain't never let me, I'm just going to touch oh, on it real shit. quick. When I first moved to Nashville, I got exposed to country rap. This was before even 
maybe at, at this point I had met Ryan, but uh, I was seeing all these bands like the Lax, like making all this money. I, I told came home and tell Derek here we was like, dude, we gotta do this shit. Colt Ford was. Oh, like you a, did tell me. Yeah, about yeah. This, so yeah. we had like a little country rap thing, and Derek found the only CD in existence a couple of weeks ago, and it is that's a laugh happening. riot, dude. And happening. it will never get heard. So. Oh, come on, dude. That's that ain't awesome. that bad, bro. It's it pretty bad. bad. It's, it's, so, so Chad showed me a video of the punk rock cannibals that you guys have uh, been working yeah. on. And I was telling him about how natural you come off as an actor and about how your your eye movements are perfect, how how your scripting is just so, you know, perfect. Like, have you done acting before? No. That is absolutely incredible. You are very, very natural and on camera. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate oh, it, that. It's, it's so good. Have you, do you have plans on doing any other stuff? I mean, I would, I'm down to do whatever, man, really. He's down <laughs> to do, 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 do. I mean, really, you know, I've... I've always been interested in acting and, uh, you know, basically anything artistic. Yeah, you know, me, I mean, me here too. Just, uh, you know, it, mostly music primarily because, that, you know, the, I studied music and it, it's always, I mean, for 24 years now, you know, it's kind of been like the primary fixture in my life. But I think along with that, if you have an artistic mind and you can kind of use the the your life experiences and stuff and like sort of transfer those into whatever you're working on at the time it all does come off natural and authentic you know and i think that that's what that's why acting seemed pretty easy to me yeah. you know mm -hmm. it didn't really seem too difficult yeah. um oh i didn't tell you the name for the what i was going to call that movie the comedy what is it and i want you to play like the sheriff we're talking about you playing the sheriff okay. nut n-u-t okay that's it yeah. i just had to Break in real quick, dude. Right, yeah, hell yeah. Hooterize. I'll, I'll play, bro, I'll play the sheriff. I'll play whatever the fuck you want me to do. I'll score the motherfucker too, dude. I'll do it all, bro. Oh, yeah. If you were an actor, Derek, what what kind of genre of films do you think that you could be successful in? I mean, I like uh, I like being funny. Uh, just given my look, my look is a little on the fucking specific side. So I feel like if like biker, yeah, I probably get typecast as, Dude, a, as a biker. I got an idea for a biker movie, or and prison. I want to shoot. And you could be the president of the chapter. Okay. I want to do a Sons of Anarchy, but like a musical, and have it like flamboyant. Like they're like <laughs> they're all dressed up. And like, how are you doing today? You want to get on my hog and ride out of town? <laughs> hey, bro, if you writing a check. Dude, I'll do it, man. But they're like an outlaw <laughs> biker game, but it's all musical, you know? It's like funny and shit. I mean, that's not a bad idea, really. <laughs> but I think you'd fucking ruffle a whole lot of feathers, oh, yeah, man. You would. Yeah, dude. Those one it percenters would, would be getting fucking It would do mad, the opposite. Dude. Sons of Anarchy made it where everybody wanted to start a motorcycle club, which caused a lot of grief in the MC culture. Oh, yeah, this would do the opposite. This would make people like, you know, I don't know if I want to be in a motorcycle I club anymore. I, I don't think I'm really interested in that. <laughs> Why do you have to kiss him before he shot him? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's coming out 2022. A <laughs> Loose Visions, baby. Oh, Gay bikers from outer space. <laughs> I mean, really, I would I would like to get, uh, I would like to try my hand at like some dramatic acting and stuff like that. I'd yeah. like to, I'd like to actually, um, I want to see you cry in a movie, dude. I think, I, think you, I could do it, dude. No, I think you could. Yeah, I, you I'm, have definitely yeah. that look. You had that look like you cry, so <laughs> no, no, you no, sad no. bastard. No. You look like a real no. bitch that be crying all the time. <laughs> no, no, you, I think you could do dramas. Yeah, I think I could. Uh, For sure. You know, it's never been anything I've, you know, I'm just kind of like fucking stuck here in Columbus, Georgia. I'd like to. Not I'd like for to, long, you know, bro. Not for long. I'd like to, I'd like to get out there and like try to, you know. 
tried my hand at a, at a bunch of different things. Like yeah. you, like you said, man, when you you're wanting something from life and and you use like the resources. single moms. <laughs> yeah, no. well, damn, I already got them, brother. I don't need that shit no more. Don yeah. Juan and single moms, baby. When you try to uh, when you try to like find your place, you know what I mean. I'm mm -hmm. still just looking for that, you know. For, sure. I mean, for you know, I tried to be a businessman in multiple different times. You know, I was and when I, I this, this building right here. Um, I used to uh, I used to have this before Chad had it, and I had an auction house here, so I tried to be an auctioneer. Oh, dude, hit it one time, bro. Uh, hey, anybody able to go five now? Five now? Anybody able to go five? How about I get a six dollar? Anybody able to go six? How about I get a six now? Seven dollars? Seven dollar here now? Anybody able to go eight? How about I get eight now? So you I, did, I, did, I did that for like three years, um, you know, and uh, and none of that shit worked. It's yeah. just it, it, let me ask you this, dude. They're like auction groupies. Like girls see your like tongue and lips moving that fast and want to holler yes. at you. At, yes, it, but, for real. But they're all like eighty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the good thing about acting, though, I mean, even like George Clooney, he was successful, or he didn't become successful in acting until his late forties. Mm -hmm. And with acting, I mean, you might not have the look or a look when you're young, but as you get older, you know, you can, you never know, spring up some roles and might have that look that somebody's looking for. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there, that there's, that it's ever too late to, to get into whatever it is that you're trying to go. I mean, if you're trying to be a pop star or some shit like that, then yeah, yeah. maybe you, if you ain't got, if you ain't done about 25, you probably ain't going to be doing it. Bro, bro I just want to act in a, in a comedy or any movie for that matter. And not even anything big, like a big role, but just to have like a noticeable part. Something that, you know, maybe you're in there a couple times, a sentence at a time, you know. Yeah. One day, baby. One day, baby. Are you as big into horror films as Chad over here? I would say so, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't, maybe not as like lifestyle-wise, yeah. but I mean, I watch a shitload of horror films and um, I've always been interested in, in um, cinematography and, and filmmaking and stuff too, you yeah. know. I mean, I watch a lot about that. Uh, it's not ever been anything that I've like really tried my hand at too much. I got a couple of cameras and, uh, you know, I, yes, I use, he does, ladies. I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro to like, you know, uh, make little videos and shit. But, <laughs> little yeah, home videos. Little home videos, you know, <laughs> sure just little that. stuff, little stuff that I can look at about two in the morning. Dude. <laughs> Me and my best friend, my five fingered best friend here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But now it's uh, a yeah. <laughs> but hang on. Uh, well, damn, oh, you didn't that, have the volume up, baby. You don't fuck it up. Oh, crickets, oh, yeah, the crickets. crickets. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's some of your favorite uh, horror films? Uh, I love the top the, five. Top five, um, Hereditary. Really? I think is probably my favorite horror film um, of the last probably five years. I mean, I don't have a, I I've only watched it a couple of times. Um, and Midsummer, both of those by Ari Aster. I just like the vibe that he puts off. Uh, I like the sort of like almost surreal. You don't really know if this is going on or if it's not going on. And um, it's all it's all got this like elegant sheen to it that I really appreciate as well as the it's all about the, that sheen, son. Oh, Charlie Sheen, mm -hmm. and it's uh and it's also got the um, you know tons of metaphor, which I really appreciate in movies. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, you know. I'll watch a horror film that doesn't have a whole lot of action in it if yeah. it has a lot of metaphor and it has a lot of symbolism and you're able to think about the movie after you get done watching it. I really appreciate shit like that. But um, for the most part, uh, you know, I mean, I like a uh, I like a good old-fashioned slasher flick, dude. Same uh, here. Who's your you know? favorite slasher character? Uh, probably Freddy. 
Freddy. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Mm, he's handsome. yeah. Freddy Krueger is just like the idea that somebody can enter your fucking dreams when you sleep. Yeah. Is such a fucking like creative. Yeah, it and, was. Yeah. And damn, I wish I would have came over that. Dude, I mean that shit's brilliant, bro. I, I mean, yeah. really good. I hope mine, they do one more soon. Mine was Child's Play, but just the first two. I mean, mm. everything after that. I mean, three was okay, but everything after that was just the kinda, first one was fucking it was, incredible. Oh yeah, it scared just, everybody. Everybody went yeah. home like. That, Get rid of them dolls. The corners and shit. Not to mention the the work that they did with the um, it it never got as good to me uh, with the animatronics on the later films as it was on the first film. Like, his face was so expressive, especially yeah. when he'd, like, get really mad and be like, you goddamn bitch, you know, oh, yeah. shit like that. And the later films, it just didn't have that same, like, uh, it wasn't like a, a visceral reaction from a fucking little plastic well, doll, you know. And the first two, I think, too, it was building the suspense. You didn't get to see the doll as much, you know what I mean? And then, you know, come Bride and Chucky, they just let you see him, and you're just following him around, and it just kind of took away that. Yeah, it, it, it kind of turned into, like, a comedy, yeah. you know, and then it, it especially whenever Tiffany got introduced, yeah. and then, then they had the kid, like, yeah. the, that whole weird thing, which it was like a... I don't know. It was like a common, like a social commentary movie more than more than anything else, you know. For sure. I mean, but it was always fun. Yeah. I mean, all all of them are fun. Yeah. Some of the remakes, I Chad likes some of the remakes. Some of the new remakes of these horror movies, I'm not feeling like the the new Halloween. Yeah, I, I love it, had me it, bro. Dying laughing because the dude's sitting on that checkerboard thing in the hospital, mm -hmm. and he's you know chained up. And this guy's over there just screaming at him with the mask. And it's like, dude's fucking retired by now. Just leave <laughs> yeah. the guy alone. It's not even bothering anybody. You're like, Michael, Michael. You know, it's just like, fuck, dude. I thought Rob Zombie knocked out of the park, bro. Especially the first one, dude. Yeah, I, those those were cool. I never did care much for the like Rob Zombie's original stuff, like House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, now, Devil's, no. Re Devil's Rejects was good, but House of a Thousand Corpses just came across as... Bro, I love Am, it, like dude. amateurish to me, dude. like yeah, I, I don't know something about uh, it. Just the idea of calling one this of the, is the same guy that hates Hubie Halloween guys. Yeah, I hate Hubie Halloween. Dude. It's terrible. But those were more gore movies, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Devil's Rejects was actually like really disturbing. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was. It yeah. felt like it, that could really exist. Yeah, exactly. That was that. The was first really one definitely had a little more fantasy in it. Yeah, but the second one felt like it could really be a thing. You Did know? you say Saw changed the game? Uh, Saul did a lot for the horror community for sure. It was or definitely horror. something new, and uh, it was it was awesome until you saw thirty five of them. No, you know? for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But do you think that was like the introduction to like testing out people's you know threshold? Yeah, I mean they did some they did some cool shit. Yeah, for I, sure. I think I think when you go back and you watch like the first Saw, it's not nearly as graphic as it seemed at the time. For sure. But when you go back and you watch the first Hostel, that shit still is still holds. every bit as graphic as you yeah, thought that it was, was a great at the time. One, yeah, and you know that shit exists in real life, oh, dude. For sure. Yeah, somewhere yeah, no overseas, man. No did you ever see uh, Island of Doctor Monroe? Yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, what you talking about with uh, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer? Yes, yeah. that was yes. a great That's one. That's one of my bro. favorite movies. But that that was based on a true one too, where yeah. they were doing animal testing on you know people and animals, and they went off to an island and. Yeah, I think that was a. I, I I had read the book when I was a lot younger. My sister had a copy of it. It was a little short book, but I think H. G. Wells wrote it the same yeah. dude that did uh, Time Machine, and. Um, I remember watching that and just being fascinated by like the the idea of like combining 
humans and animals and like creating these fucking chimeras out in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. and then that thing, that little tiny guy that yeah. he had, that shit was just creepy. Oh, it was creepy. <laughs> I mean, Super they were creepy. Yeah, people would say that these boats would show up or bodies would wash ashore of these half human, half people. Oh, that's crazy. And they didn't know what was going on. And there was tales that there was an island of Dr. Monroe going yeah. on type shit out there. Yeah, that's wild, dude. I mean, it, there's so many good. I think I think horror is like the last genre. I mean, drama too for in some aspects, but horror is the last genre where it just really seems like the fucking sky's the limit. It, it, you know, whatever your imagination can come up with, you can put it on fucking film. And somebody will watch it. True that. And Punk Rock Cannibals, baby, coming yeah, out soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. And uh, there's a, uh, there's like a, there's still like a fucking, a novelty to it. You know, like chick flicks and stuff like that. There ain't no novelty to that anymore. That's been done and done and done. You know, fucking Hallmark movies come back. They, they make 50 of them motherfuckers a year, mm-hmm. you know, and those are all chick flicks as well. So it's just a, uh, horror is like the last genre where like it's still a fucking, wide open frontier for whoever you know do you think it's been oversaturated in the last few years though with like netflix where <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> that anybody can you know get your movie on the, these platforms like amazon and you got an amateur and a lot of them are amateur horror movies and mm-hmm. you got this badass cover you click on it oh, and, it concept, and you're like what the, the movie sucks what the hell is this you know yeah I, mean? I find a lot of those but then occasionally i'll find that diamond in the rough son that yeah. like, damn that was really good for independent film well yeah. it's kind of like with anything uh artistic these days you know with the internet and the ability to get your product out to shit i mean however many millions of people it's just like music music is super oversaturated but there's still good music being put out it's just harder to find i think yeah. it's the same thing with movies and i mean anything else you know there's People making movies that are great and people making movies that are shit and they're all ending up in the same places and you kind of got to like sort through it. But word of mouth is still a, you know, a viable way of like figuring out what's good and what's not. So, I mean, I think the the cream always rises to the top. Oh, right? yeah, it does. That's what she <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> Even some of those new It remakes, I uh-huh. thought were done really well. Yeah, no, they had some really cool scenes in it. Yeah. Well, I know we're about to wrap this thing up, but before we do, man, we want to introduce a new segment Called the Hater Tater, dude. This is where we recognize like a hater of the week, like somebody else, whether it be social media, someone in our real life. And I'm going to say my Hater Tater for the week is the old Twisted T, the guy that got hit it with the Twisted T. Have you seen some of the memes and oh, some of the he, comments? Has he come out like talking he's about He's coming it out and he's like, why don't you meet me in my yard like a real man? Like oh all this shit God, like this, dude. dude. Straight Hater Tater, dude. I showed Brandon the clip today. Yeah. What'd you think about that? Dude, I, I never saw it before, but that shit was crazy. He cocked back to the I floor. I know, to the floor. To doll. Hadouken. Hadouken. That's your sign off. Right? Dude, yeah, it dude. is my sign off. You know what that means, son? Is it time? Dude, it's time, dude. Brandon, so, thank you so much for stopping by, thank bro. You guys. Oh shit! Once again, baby, it must be Thursday because the Chad show just ended, bro. What do you think about that, Derek? I think it's. Uh, I don't think that the Chad show is an accurate name anymore, but I yeah. get it, bro. I hey, get wh- it. real quick, Brandon, where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, a loose visions. A loose visions. A l u c e. Visions. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Brandon. It's like an interesting conversation, dude, for sure. We've had a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. Until next time, guys, we'll see you. Tell your friends. Tell everybody you know. The Chad Show in full effect. Chadshow.com. Anything else you want to say, Derek? Yeah, no. Hit it one time. (laughs) I do get it.
Mm, right, right, some wet ass pussy. <laughs>